What's going on? It is Wednesday. It is mission accomplished. We're combat sports meets combat vets. It's eight o'clock. It's everybody's favorite Wednesday evening show. And um, we got a really special guest tonight. We are we got someone coming from all the way on the other side of the world from Serbia. Her name is Nadja Miljancevic. See how I did that? Been practicing all week. Anyways, um, we're going to bring Nadja and her coach Misha in very soon. Let me just shout out our sponsors real quick. We got Holden Hands Massage and Therafix, of course, our uh, go-to sponsor. We got Jackie Holden over there. She is a you know a freaking wizard with her fingers. Go to um, www.holdenhandsmassage.com if you are a soldier or a veteran. Um, you can get a referral from your provider and go check out Jackie for any chronic pains, back pains, knee pains, and neck, whatever. She uh, she she speaks to the body and she finds trigger points and she alleviates them. Uh, other than that, we have Killfoot Clothing, the makers of the Mission Accomplished shirts, uh, veteran-owned, American-made products. Um, go to www.killfootclothing.com. And I have a quick visitor here coming to say goodnight to his dad. What's up, buddy? I love you. Where is he? Where? Oh, our guest. They're they're down there in the uh, in the booth. Sorry about this, folks. This is Nolan. Just say hi. Hi. All right. Now get out of here. Hello. See ya. Love you. Love you too. Sorry about the interruption, folks. All right. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest of the evening and her coach. It is Nadja Miljancevic and Sasha. I mean, uh, Misha. God, fuck. I knew I was going to fuck that up. So, sorry, guys. Uh, Misha. <laughs> Sasha's my <laughs> older brother. <laughs> so, uh, oh, really? No kidding. Yeah, really. <laughs> no kidding. Misha Bachulov. Yeah. You, you good? Perfect. See you guys. Good night. All right. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Mission Accomplished. This is the only sport that brings combat sports and combat veterans together. Um, we are huge supporters of the BKFC and anybody in bare knuckle fighting, but also MMA and any combat sport across the way. How are you guys doing tonight? And uh, thank you for coming on. It's 2 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, where they're at right now. So how you doing? Well, the coach just got up. He had to take a nap. And I was here waiting for him. I'm I'm an older guy, man. I have three kids. I have to fill my batteries up so I can <laughs> say anything smart. If I'm right. gonna say anything smart today. <laughs> so Naja, you've been just powering. You haven't taken a nap. You've been powering through the whole time. Yeah, I've uh, I've drank already like four coffees. <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna be able to sleep after this is over, but good luck oh, with that. <laughs> Yeah, All right, I'm going to give her a couple of rounds of pads before sleep, and then she's going because she's staying at my house, at yeah. my house today, yeah. and she had like a, a a great session with my kids when he, she came here. <laughs> party time, yeah. Party time, yeah. So she will sleep like a baby. Don't worry. Was she ba was she babysitting while you were napping? Uh, no, no, no. They were sleeping also. Oh, uh, she, she was babysitting before the nap. Oh, nice. All right. So let's introduce you to the world, Nadja. You are from Serbia. Is that where you are born and raised? Yes. And uh, oh, go I was born in Belgrade, but uh, one and a half year ago, I moved to Novi Sad. It's like a, di a different city to train uh, at Mission Gym. Nice. Now, um, at what age did you get your start? 
Uh, I started uh, kickboxing at like 10, but before that I used to train karate for like five years or something like that. Right. So I'm for like almost now, years now, yeah. Now, anybody that follows you on social media, um, it seems like all you do is train. It seems like you're training all the time. Uh, what are you doing when you're not training? Resting? Uh, resting, preparing food, cleaning the house, <laughs> sleeping a bit. Right. Now, in, in Serbia, is are combat sports like a huge thing like they are over here in the United States? Um, very popular combat sports like kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA, BJJ. Well, here the most popular is like the amateur kickboxing. The rest of it is like not so. so. Sur surviving. Everything else is surviving. Surviving, here. yeah. E everything's yeah. survival mode only. Yeah, survival mode, like everything in Serbia. Yeah, I I got to be honest. I don't know all that much about Serbia. I've been all over the world with the military, but that's one place that I've I've never been near or to. Uh, so I gotta play ignorance when I when I talk about that country. So, um, have you ever trained? So you you're a a two time junior world uh, kickboxing champion. You're a two time European uh, kickboxing champion. So kickboxing, obviously, your bread and butter. And I've been watching a lot of your fights. Um, so you're you're pretty nasty with your kicks and your knees, but that's obviously not going to transfer over to bare knuckle. Uh, what was it that what was it that brought you over to bare knuckle? Well, actually, uh, since always my better side was boxing. Okay. I loved uh, to box uh, more always. But uh, boxing in Serbia, that's, that's terrible thing. So, of course, I've uh, continued with kickboxing. And then I moved to Misha Gym. And somehow, I don't know how, I realized that I really, really want to fight in Bernardo. Because it looked amazing to me. I don't know. I can't uh, wait for the build. Uh, I have to say that I was against it first. Because you know, uh, however popular it is and 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 financially good for the future of a fighter, yeah. Uh, for for me, it's a little bit brutal, especially for a pretty girl like she is. And when when she when she told me that that she signed the contract, I was like, first off, okay, what do we do <laughs> next? What do we do now? And she said, oh, please, please, can you coach me for that? And and I said, okay, uh, we ride together, we die together. But uh, 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 her fighting style is is very aggressive, and she's always the pusher. She's always the one that moves forward, moves forward, and and she she wants to see the action. She wants to fight. She wants to brawl. So when I put all these things together, uh, I said, okay, may maybe this is a sport made for you, for your style, for your character, for everything that she is. And uh, we trained, we adapted the training style and training method for it because, you know, uh, when, when I, I thought about it all, you know, bare knuckle is, it is a sport, it is a boxing, but it's closer to a street fight. Right. Because it's bare hands, you cannot put guard, you cannot do things that you do in boxing. You know, you have to be a street smarter. And, you know, in the 90s, we had war here. Yeah. And when you grow up in that kind of environment, when you have to fight for your shoes, for your jacket, when you go on the street, you know, 
uh, you first thing you have to learn is, uh, is, is the first thing you have to do is use to use this. Mm -hmm. No, so so uh, I transfer a little bit of that experience with the thing we do and uh, the thing we know and the thing I saw that they do at bare knuckle, and we we developed interesting uh, style of training, which is showed by her uh, on her Instagram. You see uh, the movement we're doing, we see the the power that we're bringing in. And the aggression and everything, every everything else, uh, you know. Uh, when you see her spar, uh, we do uh, MMA glove sparring also, like okay. once a week, and we do it hard. And she's sparring only with boys, like 20, 30 kilos heavier than her, and she's getting hard punches. She's giving hard punches. And when I saw all of that, and I said, "Okay, we're good to go." I could tell you that she just posted a video, I think like yesterday, the day before where the, you guys were just working on like body shots, hooks to the body. Yeah. And my, my God, I, I felt bad for whoever gets in there with you. If, if you start landing them things, yeah, she's she, pretty hard. She looks like she hits hard. Um, uh, Misha, do you have uh, like a military background or are you, you've been a fighter uh, your whole life? You know, we, we all here had to, to go to military training you know, okay. from the 90s kids that, that, that were born. In the 80s and, and we're teenagers of the 90s so we had to all have military training but believe me uh our growing up our growing up and everything that we've been through through our childhood uh is is 10 times better than in military training because it was survival mode all the time i'm sure i always say because i'm 20 years in the army right now in the united states army um i i don't know if you feel the same way but i think that it's so beneficial I wish that they would make every high school graduate in the United States do at least two years in the military just to like whip their ass into shape and teach them a little self-discipline and, you know, respect. But I agree. Listen, we had, an, we had like a, a regular army training. Everybody had to go through it until the, the year of 2005 when they made it only professional. But okay. until 2005, when you finish high school, if you're not in college or some, somewhere like that, you go to you go to the army straight away. This is how I get. I turned eighteen, and I was I was supposed to go uh, to fight in another country. You know, sign a contract to to move to another country. They picked me up at the airport, drag me to the army. I had to do one year training. Then I, I continued with my life. You know, this is something that that everybody had to do it here. And I agree with you. You know, uh, and when you see this this new generation coming with the phones and with everything with internet. Is going and they're they're not social, right? As we were because we didn't have all the things. We were on the street. We were playing. We were hanging out. We were talking. They don't do that. They don't. They only do it like this, you know, with the, the thumbs. You know? Right. And so that's a, that's a worldwide problem, then. That's just not. No, it's, <laughs> that's, everywhere. it's everywhere. Now let's talk about your gym, um, Naja. You you said you moved to uh, be closer to the Ronan Carnage uh, Global Global Gym. Um, is that your gym, Misha, or is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's your gym. And uh, I would imagine that, you know, there's a level of discipline in your gym because of your militant background. Um, it, can you tell us a little bit about the gym and the team that you have over there? Because like I said, your videos, it looks like you guys train hard at all times. There's no easy days in your gym. So uh, tell us a little bit about the gym and your team and your training. You know, you know, uh, life isn't easy, even if you have money or if you don't have money. So, so if if you if you take a day off, life isn't taking a day off. So we have to train all the time. Uh, but my gym, I was a professional fighter a long time. Uh, I lived in 
Czech Republic, Holland, all these foreign countries. And when I when I came back home, I wanted to build something new, something that Serbia doesn't have. So I created, I so I opened my gym. And my background, like my background is Muay Thai. And I did like kickboxing. I even did a boxing fights when I was a uh, when I was an amateur, when I was a, a beginner. And uh, uh, I have I made a lot of professionals and uh, that fought in a lot of big organizations when it comes to kickboxing, you know, or, or like all over worldwide. So my gym has a lot, a lot of fighters even now, as you saw it in the videos. Mm -hmm. So so th th this this is just a new thing that we're adding up, and I like it because you know uh, I created something of a of a striking system of my own because I lived in a lot of countries and worked with a lot of great coaches. And I took each each thing from each one of them, and developed into my own, in my own like fighting style. So so adding up bare knuckle bare knuckle boxing, uh, it will sure upgrade everything that I'm doing, at all. Even for these guys that are doing Muay Thai, kickboxing, and and all these other sports, not just bare knuckle. So so uh, everything else, I think we I can talk about it like all day, but. Uh, I think uh, people will see when Nadja enters the, in her first bare knuckle fight. We All definitely right. have different, our own kind uh, of style of fighting, definitely. Uh, whether it's kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, whether it's bare knuckle. It's very aggressive, you know. I, I, I teach them because we're doing professional fights. Uh, I'm not doing a lot, I'm not doing amateur shows and amateur fights. And uh, what do you need? To be a good at professional fighting, you need to uh, get the crowd, mm -hmm. and the way you're gonna get the crowd is being aggressive and going for a knockout and making an exciting fight. So this is how we train. We train with high tempo, high intensity, always pushing forward. You know, not let, not let, not letting uh, opponent breathe. And th th this is what creates good fights. So th this yeah. is what we are being doing. This is what this is why our gym is is uh, popular in, in our community and, and in our sport. Excellent. Now, and, and like, obviously with the Muay Thai and the kickboxing background, you see uh, that you can, you can utilize the clinch in bare knuckle as opposed to regular boxing. So I was watching, I was watching your fights, Nadja, and you, you do have a good clinch. So I'd imagine like you guys been working on the dirty boxing aspect of the game. Cause, uh, you know, if you if you can get inside and work the dirty dirty boxing, then that's an advantage. You, you know, your opponent's going to want to separate. Yeah, and then, definitely going to do going to try to do it. Yeah, of course. Now, what would you say? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask both of you first. I'll start with Coach. What about Nadja sets her apart from the rest of the girls that are in the BKFC right now? What's different about her? What is she bringing to the table that other people might not be ready for? You know, I, I don't know what other girls are bringing. Uh, I just know that Nadja is 100% uh, in. She's giving everything that she has and she got. And she's not uh, entering a ring without, without a war. This is what everybody has to be prepared that is fighting with her. She's aggressive. She's very well prepared. And she has great technique. And she can take a punch. Excellent. And Nadja, what do you think? Same question. What do you think sets you apart? Like, uh, what do you think about yourself that these other girls don't have? Well, I don't like to comment uh, about myself, but I really think that uh, I, I I will not allow anybody to like 
to pu to push forward me i will just go straight away aggressive because i know i'm 100 percent uh, prepared for that fight and also i know i can take uh, strong punches and i can give even stronger so i gotta tell you uh earlier misha said that uh you were a little spec uh skeptical skeptical about fighting bare knuckle because you know you're a very pretty girl and you're pretty fake it's it's incredible that is like the number one question that anybody that talks to me about this because they see girls like Naja and like Paige Van Zandt and Crystal Pittman and all these like very beautiful women and the very first question out of all their mouths are uh, why the hell would they want to get hit with a bare fist and I don't know like what's the answer <laughs> I mean I mean you don't think about yourself like that obviously well, uh, I'm training in combat sports since I know for myself. And uh, for me, for my opinion, uh, this is like maximum level. Yeah. That real fight. Right. Real. Well, and then, then the next level is fighting arenas with weapons, shields, axes. You know, <laughs> this is the next level. Yeah, yeah this is about More. as close to, close to gladiator shit that you can yeah, possibly yeah, yeah, get yeah. nowadays. But I love it. You know, uh, I, I'm not the... I, I train a lot of MMA fighters and I respect MMA, but you know, I'm a striking coach and I came from striking sports. So mm -hmm. for me, uh, when I see grappling, this is not interesting, you know. And okay. as, as you know, in MMA, it's always more interesting when you see them fight on, the, on the, their legs, you know, when Absolutely. they do stand-up stand fights. So uh, I think this, for me, this is like uh, evolution in entertainment in fighting sports. Where, yeah. where you, don't, you don't have the gloves, you have the bare hands, and you have them always on their feet, not even kicking. Uh, when because when you kick, you can move and you can create distance, and you can make like a like a bigger strategy to to keep yourself safe. But yeah. when you have only two hands, you have to come close to fight. And when it's bare knuckle, man, you have to get hit. Even if we if you win, if you lose, you have to get get at least one scar out. Yeah, and Naji, you're gonna have to make sure you uh, you use the push kick a lot in a lot of your uh, kickboxing fight. You got a really good, uh, you know, front kick like push kick that you use to sep create separation. I'm watching them as we talk over here, and uh, don't go kicking anybody in the squared circle. It's uh, no, no, no. I will not go for sure. I already <laughs> forgot everything. No, I, no, I prepared special shoes with weights on her legs so she cannot <laughs> lift them. Just plant your plant your feet, start swinging. Um, so so let's talk about that. You signed a five fight contract with the BKFC. How the how the heck did the uh, how did a five fight contract come to fruition? Like um, you're relatively unknown over here in the United States. That must have uh, were you surprised to get offered such a contract? And how excited are you to get a five fight contract? No, I was absolutely excited about that and it makes me even more motivated because this is like uh, for me for me, it's like my main goal right champion so five fight contract is like and like you really you really with a five fight contract at at 20 years old uh you're super marketable obviously you um you could very well become the face of the organization if you go, you know, you go in there and wreak havoc like you plan on doing with a five fight contract by the fifth fight, you you could be, you know, one of the biggest stars out there. Um, with that said, uh, do you plan on relocating to the United States at, you know, at some point, like living closer to here because of the well, uh, five? Fight? 
Of course, uh, I'm planning to go on training camps or in some bare knuckle dreams and stuff like that, but we'll see in the future. Yeah. I mean, it, it would, you obviously have a strong camp and a strong family over there and you wouldn't want to leave that, but I'm, I mean, that's a lot of, tra- I mean, it was just a question I had. Have you been to the United States before? No. Never. No. So when you come over here to fight, will be the first time you uh, step foot on American soil. Yeah. Yeah. Misha, have you been over here? No, no. Uh, America is the only continent I haven't been in. Are, are you going to be traveling with her and cornering her for the fight? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Right. Okay. Um, with that said, do you, do you have your opponent? Do you know your opponent? Without break, you know, without breaking any news that you're not supposed to talk about, do you know who you're going to be fighting, and will you be on that June 26th card? Yes, I'm fighting on 26th of June, definitely, but, uh, but uh, we're uh, not really, really. Uh, our opponent is still, still not sure. We'll see. They're, they're, they're still, sure, they're still thinking who they're going to give us. So, but I really don't care who is going to stand in front of me because I only care to go. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Does it really even matter who the opponent is at this point? Like, absolutely not. Like, no, even no. though it's a guy, I don't care. Just a fight. <laughs> um, and and what weight class will you be in? One twenty five or one thirty five? One thirty five, yeah. One thirty five, and is that going to be your home? You're going to stay in one thirty five, or is that just for I this think fight? I'm going to stay because uh, I lifted the. Uh, I lifted up the weight, but uh, my coach and I decided that definitely uh, one twenty-five is not a good weight for me because I'm quite tall. I mean, uh, uh, we, we tried to fight that way. She fought like uh, I don't know uh, one. I don't know in pounds, but uh, I know in kilos because we have a the different system. Yeah. You know, she, mm-hmm. she like one twenty-five. Yeah, I she, fought. She, she fought like sixty-five kilo at the start of her career, then sixty kilo. You know. And uh, when we cut to like 57 to 125, 125, yeah. Uh, when we cut, she was, you know, she looked ready, but she was a lot of weak. She, 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 she lost the power. And yeah. I said, that's not me. That's not me. It, it, it's better to be smaller than your opponent and have power to bear it than to be bigger without power. So th- th- this is my philosophy. I right. Uh, I, I I think she, she she can carry even bigger weight class than this is, but but l- let's let's say we start at this way, then we'll see where, where it carries us because we uh, we start doing a lot of a lot of strength trainings. Yeah. When we like received uh, uh, offers uh, to fight her, when she signed a contract, so we did a lot on her power, which you can see on our videos. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we want to to show and transfer. You know, why 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 make her weak? Right, yeah. right. So, so your walk around weight it, it, to cut to one thirty five is not a lot of weight for you. Is that no, like no, 10, 10, 10 pounds, ten fifteen pounds? Maximum, maximum ten. Yeah. See, that makes that's. I've always agreed with what you just said, Misha. Like cutting weight to be bigger for a weight class just depletes your power anyway. It doesn't make sense to me. You go in there weak. Um, yeah. So 135. And listen, I have a lot of experience because I have a lot of fighters. Right. I fight every weekend, and a lot of a lot of my fighters cut a lot of kilos. And at the start, you know, it 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 uh, looks good because on the fight you look big and you look right. strong. But but but, 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 yeah. but you cannot take so much punch when your body is dehydrated, when your brain gets a little bit dehydrated, you cannot recover that fast, and you cannot take take big punches or kicks or anything like after this kind of weight cut 
know, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. So, it's, it's dangerous. I, I really don't support it. I don't like it. Yeah, I'd rather be in full power than just cut so I could fight like lighter opponents or whatever. I don't care about that. I just want to show myself in the best light. That's it. You, you know that in arenas, gladiators didn't, didn't check weight. They just get in, give the weapons and fight, you know, and this is what we do. If you're training, if you're sportsmen, if you're gladiators, if we're if we're warriors, then we're going to fight. We just, yeah. uh, important. The most important thing is to feel good. If you don't feel good, then... And anyway, I'm eating clean, like, all the time. I never mm. eat junk food or anything, so I don't have, like, fat to lose. So what's the point of losing more than 10 pounds? I love what you just said, like, because, uh, you know, there was an actual, you know, very famous Irish MMA fighter, you know who I'm talking about. Con Connor once said... Uh, I don't give a shit about weight classes because if I was going to run into you in public and we were about to fight, I wouldn't say time out. How much do you weigh? Uh, <laughs> no, you're too big. I can't, I can't, I'm way too big for you. I can't fight you or you're too big for me. It's not like that in real life. So I, I love, I love that about that. Um, so for everyone that's uh, tuning in here and, and watching this, Nadja Milianchevic, did I say that good? Ah, I feel so good about it. <laughs> I feel I feel great about not butchering. Yeah, I, I think you're the first one, even from Serbian podcast, that, that said the name right. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. feather in my cap. Respect for that. Respect for that. Yeah, uh, you guys gotta, cannot pronounce it. You guys uh, gotta pay attention to Naja on June 26th. She will be making her her debut against opponent to be named later. Hopefully, they announce that soon. I would hope that uh, you know. I would be what well, you guys are a month out from the fight now. It would it would be nice to know who you're fighting so you can at least like check out check out a little footage on them or whatever. But yeah, like, like you said, it doesn't but I have to say something about it also. Uh, What's that? I, I, I don't have I don't have much uh, uh I, I, I don't like to check uh, a lot of things that the opponents do. I have, okay. I have a couple of reasons because you know uh, sometimes uh, you make a strategy. You make a strategy like only based on a couple of things, and uh, uh, often comes you come to a fight and the fighter does completely everything different that you train for. Yeah, right. And, and, and it, it, it affects your head. You get a blockage. You stop, and and it's not good. Uh, the most important thing for me when I know the fighter, I need to know if she's southpaw or she's an orthodox, if she's tall or she's short, is she aggressive or she's technician? It's the only thing I need to know. Okay. Yeah, because they're also game planning for you. So Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just need to know these basic things. It's a two-way two street. Yeah, because if you if you train like that, that nothing can surprise you, then uh, you feel comfortable in every situation. But if you prepare for a specific thing, and this specific thing don't happen, then you're in trouble because your brain then gets into panic. Right. And you know, practicing like every possible situation, every possible situation, like the, in the corner. We I have mean, a lot. We have a lot of sparring partners for her: tall, short, uh, heavy, light, fast, strong. You know, and she's going through all of it. And you know, every time I mean, she spars, I'm male spar partners. Yeah, it's all all males. Well, uh, and you know, I'm always by her side, and I always like tell her, tell her, tell her, okay, try this, try this, try this. You know, we we have a very good communication, and and uh, we try 
to to make her adapt along the way. Yeah, very important. I, I think this is the most important thing. Well, just judging off what I've seen online, you're young, you're strong, you're powerful, you got unbelievable work ethic. I think that the uh, BKFC is going to be super happy with the product that they have signed. Um, I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you so much for coming on here. But uh, we do a thing called the speed round, which gets everybody to know the fighter because they're going to be fans of yours as a person, not just as a fighter. I'm going to ask you 10 questions that are kind of random and uh, off, the, off the beaten path of fighting. You want to do one real quick? Yeah, well, all right. Speed round with Naja. Misha, yeah, you can jump in. If you... All right. Number one, what is your favorite traditional Serbian meal? And I could say that I have no idea what a Serbian food's like, so I could tell you. That. Sweet or salty? Meats are salty? Is that what you said? No, sweet, sweet or salty. Oh, uh, anything sweet or salty or both? Uh, what, what is your favorite? Chevapi. Chevapčić. <laughs> what is I don't that? Know. Like, oh, uh, it's like, ke it's like kebabs. Oh, like okay. Like me. That's you, salty. We, we, we lost a little bit. Oh, yeah. Now, it's here. now, is there an American food that you have not tried that you're looking forward to trying when you get over to the United States in American, Miami? Well, everything, uh, I, I think everything is different. Yeah. And, and you eat clean. You eat clean. So uh, good luck trying to find clean food. Uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. I, I, I'm gonna, I will I'm gonna eat it. You know, I, I don't have a problem. All right, we'll let the coach eat after fight. Several cheat meals. It's okay. There you go. We'll let the coach eat everything now. All right, number two. When was the last time you lied, Naja? Probably today. <laughs> you lied here. <laughs> number three. Do you believe in ghosts or aliens? Uh, I'm afraid of it. Yeah. So you believe in both. Kind of. I believe. <laughs> I don't want to believe but... How about you, Coach? Ooh, was this a lie now? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, do I believe in ghost aliens? Of course not. I believe in things I see and I can touch. There you go. I believe in aliens, not so much ghosts, though. Yeah, yeah, but but when I see them, I'm I'm gonna say for sure that I believe <laughs> in them. What what webs? Okay, Naja, what website do you visit the most? Website. Yeah, online. Uh, let's say Instagram. I watch, okay, Instagram. She's on Instagram twenty four seven. And I watch South Park like in uh, free time every day. Like South Park. Yeah. Outstanding. There you go. Number five. What is the first thing you do when you are bored? When you're bored and you got nothing to do, what are you doing? I think you just answered it again. Instagram. Instagram, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed completely. Uh, I am. We are talking to a twenty-year-old, so you know, twenty-year-old on the phone. If you could pick anywhere in the world to go on vacation, where would you go? Bali. Bali. Nice. Number seven. If you if you could pick any animal to have as a pet, any animal, which animal are you picking? Monkey. A monkey. No. Yes. 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 Monkey. <laughs> why? Why a monkey? I don't know. Because she's bored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It would be so much fun, I'm sure. Yeah, man. That's my dream since I was a kid. 
you, you, you can get a boyfriend that's like a monkey. So. <laughs> Do you have? Oh, okay. Do you have a boyfriend, Nadja? Uh, no. No. There you go, There you go, gentlemen that are watching right now. All you freaks out there. <laughs> all right. Number eight. Describe yourself in three words. Three words. This I have to hear. Crazy. Um, what else to say? Spoiled. Spoiled. Yeah. Spoiled. And persistent. Okay. This is what I would say. Okay, that's true. Crazy, spoiled, and persistent. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you could have one superpower, which superpower are you picking, and how would you use it? Hmm. Oh, that's too too difficult. I cannot pick one. No. Big two. <laughs> um. Yeah. The first of all, like to eat everything and not to gain any fat. Ah, that's a great one. That is a that, dude. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that ever. Neither, neither would I. You know what? I asked another person, and they're like the ability to pause time and rewind. I was like, oh, that's a good one too. But the the be able to, to be able to eat. If I could do that, I would eat ice cream and Oreos every single day of the week. I would be the happiest man alive. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a great one, Nadja. And the last one, where? What is the farthest you've ever been away from home? Where's the farthest you've ever traveled? Uh, to Ireland, Dublin, on World Championships. There you go. So the United States will be the furthest. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, before I let you go, I'll let you shout out anybody you want to shout out. Say whatever you want to say to anybody who wants to hear it. Go ahead. This is your time. Uh, I want to thank my main sponsors, Next Level Nutrition. And I want to thank uh, my manager, Paul, for like putting me here into everything into bare knuckle fc of course also david feldman so thank him so thank you well i thank you guys for coming on so late at night over there and uh mike my my co-host on my other show and i will be in miami at the hard rock for that event we look forward to meeting you both in person uh Best of luck to you. Keep training hard and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it looks like hey, you're doing it right. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks so All much. All the best for everybody wa uh, that's watching this. All right. You guys have a great night. Go, go get some rest, all right? Yeah. All right. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That was Nadja Miliancevic and Misha Bachulov. I'd said them both right that time. She's pretty awesome. Really hard worker. It was nice of her to bring her coach on. They're very, uh, very, very excited to get over here, and we're excited to see them. Good luck to Nadja, of course. Um, my second guest is not in the green room yet, so what I could do, if uh, if Mike feels like coming on here, he can. If not, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and message my veteran guest for the evening is Brandon Quigley. Those who follow all combat sports know him. He's always on there. Uh, he's a moderator on there, I believe, or an admin on there. He's uh, a, a, big, uh, a big MMA enthusiast, uh, combat sports guru. So on top of being a veteran, a military veteran like myself, 
Uh, we'll talk a little military army shit, and then we'll talk some MMA with him. Uh, where you at, homie? I just sent that to him. So that was very cool of Nadja to come on here. You know that it was 2 a.m. in fucking Serbia. I, uh, ugh, I don't know. I wouldn't get on to talk to me, but you know what? She's gonna she's gonna get seen by a lot of eyeballs, and she's gonna be known very soon, and she's gonna uh, be a breakout star in the BKFC. So we had to have her on. Anyways, uh, Mike, you want to come on for a second? What's hey, going on, brother? Hey, can you hear me here? Okay, I can hear you, my friend. What's up? I wasn't ready to come on a minute ago. I was like, oh boy, I better get yeah. ready quick. I, I threw my clothes on, uh, moved all my stuff around. I yeah, was silly over here. I could see Mike in the green room down there. He was like standing on his bar top in his underwear, pouring Tito's directly into his mouth out of the bottle. And I was like, what the fuck is Mike doing? I got to get him on here now. Yeah, it gets uh, silly. Yo, what do you think of, uh, what did you think of Nadja and Misha? They were very awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I can't wait to see her fight. I, I'm sick of just watching these little uh, clips, you know. Well, I'm not sick of it. I mean, let's not lie. But, you know, you know what I mean? I'm eager. Right. No, it's, uh, she's, uh, you got, we always got, I gotta keep reminding myself that she's only 20 years old, dude. She's so young. She's just a kid. I graduated high school 22 years ago. She's 20. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit scary. Yeah. The, the year she was born or after or the year after, yeah, I graduated. So that's right. She was a bit uh, crazy here. Uh, what, I'm gonna when die was, soon. was she born in 2001 or 2002? Is she gonna? Is right. she about to turn 21? Or either way, she's born in this millennium. So uh, think about that. I know that is absolutely <laughs> they, insane for me, and it's probably <laughs> even worse for some of the people in the comments section, right? <laughs> and let me tell you this, Mike. Think about this. I've been in the army for 20 years. You've been on in for what 12, 13 years, 12 yeah, years, uh, 13 in October. Think about. And I'm not, I don't want to like think about the work ethic in the drive that some of the young soldiers that we have coming in right now and imagine them putting the work in that it takes to become a professional athlete like her. She's a different type of human being compared to the uh, the kids that we that we were dealing with, I think. Um, I, I didn't have drive to do many things when I was her <laughs> age. There is a few things that I had drive for. Yeah. And uh, you can hear all about it in rap music. I can tell you that. Those are the only things that I that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> you, were you trying to stop, drop, and shut, shut them down, open up shop back then? Is that what you're trying to do? I might have been. Some stuff I can't even talk about. I think there's a statute of limitations and you won't go to jail for anything yeah. that you speak about. Uh, probably not. But yeah, all I, you know, I was dedicated to hanging out with my friends and going to parties. And uh, make it well. I did make money though. I, I did. I did work. I, I was always a worker. But the only reason I worked was to get money so I could go to parties. <laughs> right. Well, I can I can tell you that at 20 years old I was in basic training. So I. Uh, so while you were 20, I mean I'm also a couple years older than you though. Um, by the time I hit 19 years old, uh, I had, you know reached the point with my parents that my old man was like, you could either join a service or pack your shit and get the fuck out of here and don't come back. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I hear you. I've, I got kicked out before myself. Yeah. I threw a crazy ass rager at my house while my mom was working overnight and we filmed the whole thing. 
<laughs> good story. It's a good story. You felt you documented it. Is it? Uh, on the- it's no, it would be on like a, uh, one of them small, you know, the real small tapes you used to put in the video, uh, yeah, camcorders, yeah, yeah. you know, and we threw a rager at my house and, uh, we didn't even call them ragers back then. That's how long ago it was. So we taped the whole thing. We had girls there. Some of them might've gotten naked. I don't know. I don't remember. I was too drunk. Uh, you know, people are doing illegal drugs illicit, illicit. <laughs> and they're, and they're talking about it, uh, on, on tape. Uh, and so what happens is a couple of weeks go by, you know, uh, my cousin has the tape and uh, we tell him you got to get rid of that thing, get rid of it. Okay. So I'm standing in my backyard and all of a sudden I can hear my mom scream and I'm standing there with my friends and, sh- and I hear what the fuck are and all of a sudden I see my mom, she's running out the back door and I swear to God, <laughs> she jumped. This might be why I started liking MMA. She jump kicked me through the door. Okay. Swear to God, like the screen door was closed and she started kicking before it was open. She kicked that thing open, fell into me screaming. She's on the cordless phone, right? And and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I'm with a couple of my friends, and they're they're, they're like all like, oh shit, we're in shock because my mom is like short, very nice usually all the time, you know. And she's freaking out, and she's like, she looks over at my cousin. She's like, your mom's on the phone, and she said that she found a video. There's girls. There's weed and Kevin is videotaping. Now, Kevin was like 12 years old at this point in time. My little brother really videotaped the whole thing because why would we, why would we do it? We're having a good time. So, you know, she's like, get the fuck out of here and never come back. And she's screaming. And I looked over at my cousin and I was like, oh, I thought you deleted it, Rob. And and we looked over at him and he kind of just went, hmm. He like put his head down. I was like, you son of a bitch. So we all had to like run into one of our friend's cars and out of there. And then my mom was like, you can't come back home for real. And I had to stay out of my house for about two weeks. There was a video game where like, I don't know if it was double dragon or something. When you jump up and you could kick with your legs like flailing. like That was a Liu Kang and Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Uh, A bicycle kick. I just picture your mom. Yes. (laughs) Doing it. She did that. That's weird to God. It's hilarious. Oh, it's she fun, me so hard, and she was so mad, dude. That's my great. mom, I she gets mad, but I've not. That was probably the most mad because it's it was all about my brother. You know, she was really mad because <laughs> my brother was <laughs> he was there for the whole thing, dude. Uh, you want to hear him grow up? You want to hear a man? You, you talk about the the camcorder. Anybody that watched this show when we had Joel on. The the crazy Walmart Joel, if everybody remembers that Joel Joel is a freaking lunatic psychopath. There was a night where <laughs> there was a night that we had a big party at his girlfriend Beth's house, a big house party, and Joel's walking around with a camcorder. He's ta- he's he's taping everything, just like you just said. He's recording the whole night, and then it's later smart on, to record everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Later on in the night, Joel uh, loses his shit on the whole party. He's like, where's my fucking camcorder? Where's my camcorder? Who the fuck took my cam? He's just threatening everybody. Just Walmart Joel is out in full effect, right? And he's like, where's my fucking camcorder? He starts threatening everybody. He picks this one kid. You got my fucking camcorder. The kid's like, I don't got your shit, man. He's like, give me my fuck. So he's like, they're about to fight, right? There's about to be a huge fight. Everything gets broken up. Like, peop- that kid leaves. 
the next morning, like the party ended because Joel was ready to fight everybody in the house over his missing camcorder. Well, the very next morning, uh, I was in the kitchen and I opened the like the cabinet to get a glass out to get a drink, and the camcorder is sitting there, facing out like towards me, and I'm like, <laughs> oh shit! I was like, yo, I was like, yo. Joel's camcorder's right here. So I open up the cabinet and I mean, I, I pull it out of the cabinet and I, we plug it into the TV because the battery was dead. We plug it in, we plug it in the TV and we rewind it and play it back. Joel was the last person with it, right? <laughs> Joel's like filming the party. He's like fucking stiffler walking around. You see his hand reach out, open the cabinet. You, he turns it around his face is the last thing you see in the video as he puts it down, grabs a cup, and shuts the cabinet. It was like the funniest <laughs> goddamn thing. It was like the funniest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. You couldn't script that shit better. And Joel, we're like, Joel's like, oh shit. I'm like, dude, you're gonna call Glenn and apologize for threatening to kill him last night? He's like, nah, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> Anyways, dude, my uh my my uh fucking veteran guest is in the green room now. Yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick Mike out for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to talk to our veteran guest of the evening and make See sure you, you tune in tomorrow night when me and Mike shoot the shit with Crystal Pittman. I then. All right. Well, that was a little stop in from Michael. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed those camcorder stories while we were killing some time. Those are some of my favorite st stories. Let's go ahead and bring in Brandon Quigley. What is going on, my friend? What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Oh, not too bad. Sorry, I was like a little bit of computer problems, and then uh, I was trying to get it set up, and I had to switch to a different web browser. Not a problem. Not. Oh, oh, oh we got a huge echo. echo. Good, Can you turn your volume down? Will you be able to hear me? Is that how's that? Yeah, that's that sounds better. Is that better now? Yep, yep, yep. I don't hear myself echoing. This is good. What's going on, dude? So, th everybody, this is Brandon Quigley. He is a uh, U.S. Army veteran. Uh, you know, he is the second half of the uh, mission accomplished uh, hour here. He um, served 11 and a half, about 11 and a half years in the Army, uh, multiple MOSs, couple deployments. Um, let's start off by, but you did the split up, dude. Explain to everybody. So, this guy was a split op soldier um, to have the actual fucking drive to go in between junior and senior year of high school and then go back to high school and then go back to the army. That's some crazy shit that I always fucking admire. Uh, talk a little bit about that. How'd you end up joining the military and how'd you end up getting in the split op, op uh, program? Uh, well, to be honest, I originally wanted to join the Marine Corps because uh high school all the girls were surrounding the marine corps recruiters so i wanted to go to the marines but <laughs> unfortunately at 17 years old you have to have both your mom and dad's permission and my mom said no the marine corps would make me crazy but she could let me know me little she know they make me fucking crazy so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2020 huh right um, so i wanted to join um so they told me about the split out program which i thought it was great um awesome idea got me in awesome shape for football um but it was pretty brutal going back to staying life after basic training and then going back through everything and eating all the cakes the cookies the donuts the stuff you're not supposed to 
then you have to right. jump right back into going to school. And as soon as you graduate and you're like, oh boy, the 50, 60 pounds I lost, I gained about 80 pounds back and I haven't been running like I should. Um, Cause what the split op is, it's an active duty. As you're aware of, it's part of the National Guard Army Reserve where you do one week in a month, two weeks out of the year. So mm-hmm. there's nobody there making you do PT every morning. And you know, as I do, how many of your soldiers right now would probably not do PT if you didn't make them do it? Oh, dude. Like, nope, I'm not sleeping. I'm not like, like Mike says all the time, uh, Mike, that was just on here. Mike says, I work out uh, like one, two week part of the year he's like he runs he runs all the time but he doesn't do a push-up or a sit-up until the fucking pt test comes around you know what i mean unless somebody makes him yeah so that's how so i mean that that was a difficult part and my first sergeant knew it as soon as i got to ait but i thought it was a great idea um i loved it at the time i can tell you as i got older i did not like the national guard or the reserves i really did especially after deployment was not a fan of mine um so i jumped out of it into the night when my contract was up and then when the economy took a big old dump in 2009 i got let go from my job so the thing that could make me the most amount of money was going back in the military um me and my wife got married about 10 days before i go back in and we find out roughly about three or four days before i leave that she's pregnant so it was a pretty crazy time oh, frame geez. going back in and First couple of years of marriage, going back to active duty, because I picked being a combat engineer. Um, it's a rapid point. You're always out in the field. I was home maybe two weeks out of the month. I wasn't very often at all, so always out in the field. So that was a pretty tough time um, being newly married, <laughs> having a kiddo. Yeah. Now, you were a 62 Bravo yeah. when you were first in. When you went back in, you went 12 Bravo or 21 what'd you what do you do yes. when you went back? No, uh, well 12, 21 bravo and 12 bravo is the same because yeah. when i went back in as that in 2009 um it was 21 bravo but for my reason congress changed it back to 12 bravo yeah. i don't know why there's probably a reason for it but um i would just was not a big fan of being a 62 bravo heavy wheel construction mechanic i'm horrible at being a mechanic i barely know how to change the oil on my car maybe be able to change the tires so i hated every single second of it um <laughs> of being a mechanic so when i went back in they showed me a few commercials the recruiter got me i seen people blowing shit up and i was like that job right there going through yeah. ait was awesome because played with dynamite before blowing shit up Floyd as a combat engineer by far was the shittiest job i've ever had calling ourselves window lickers we sit in up-armored vehicles about three miles an hour up and down the road, and that's all we do on missions. That's all we do. Uh, I just lost you for a second. Now, what was it what, like? How how different was your O three deployment compared to your? Uh, what, what year did you um, deploy to Talil? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Uh, huge difference, huh? Oh, well, vast difference because if you've seen the vehicles we had for our armor when I went over there the first time, soft yeah. skin Humvees and we had sandbags lined around the bottom of it. That was our armor, <laughs> the sandbag. So it was pretty crazy when I went over there the first time. We had these, you know, 
big Humvees going over there a second time. I'm like, what are these vehicles? Or we got nine inches of steel. I had like nine inches of sandbag for dead. Right. Um, 300 pound doors now. And the rules of engagement too are vastly different also. Um, rule of engagement the first time I went over was you shoot whatever fucking back at you. The second yeah. time when I went over it was vastly different because everyone could carry AKs and any type of weaponry they wanted. So it was vastly different for that as well. Right. And, and as the military, you know, planted their flag over there from 03 to now just like the living conditions are different on the bases there's hardball roads there's like why there's like wired electricity on like every fucking base now where when we went in 03 there was like it was like tent city and you know what i mean it was just like fobs here and there and you got a shower it, once every six weeks right yeah and now and now it's like there's not so much going on over there now. So now that's like certain bases and like every base has, has like hard built, you know, concrete buildings and fucking it's, it's pretty different now. Um, well, here, here's another huge different issue. Um, I don't know when's the last time you deployed, but the first time I deployed, we had one little tent set up with a couple of computers for internet. And it was really yeah. shitty internet. The second time I deployed, I had internet in my room that I had. Mm -hmm. And I skyped my wife from Iraq. And was like, like nine thousand miles away. Right. No. And, and as my, much as what I could. Right. My wife actually. Uh, I haven't deployed since twelve thirteen. But my wife deployed in shit, 18, 19, 2018, 19. and most of her time was in Iraq. I mean, uh, in Kuwait. But she spent some time in Taji, Iraq, and then I think she might have went up to Afghanistan for a little bit, and then she spent like a month or um, a month out in Egypt. And like, dude, she had she had crystal clear FaceTime on her iPhone like every fucking day with us. She, you know, what I mean, it's so different now. It's it's a whole world different from when we when the first time we were over there for sure. You know, everyone was using DSN lines or um, using a phone card and sharing one MWR phone. And you're fucking fighting over the phone. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, a shitty time. And then yeah. there's people that actually threw cell phones that soldiers had the second time I went over. When I went over there the second time getting off the plane, going from Kuwait and then getting to Iraq, I seen soldiers walking around with cell phones. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, Jesus. Well, in 0809, I, there was like little Nokia phones, like the piece of shit Nokia phones that you could fucking get and like play snake on them. <laughs> like you could literally, but they're only good for like calling people like right around you with another Nokia phone. Um, now, like I said, Amy was over there. She brought her her iPhone with her and just got she she got T-Mobile and T-Mobile's worldwide. We we literally didn't even have to change our phone plan. She just went over there with her fucking cell phone and it was like she was right up the road. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, that would have been cake. Yeah. I can only imagine being able to right now to deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever with my cell phone. Oh my God. It's I love life. <laughs> uh dude, so being a MMA guy like like myself. Being a combat sports guy like myself, um, 
Did you take advantage of free UFC pay-per-views on the AFN network at like 3.30 in the morning when you were fucking overseas? Probably in, tw probably in 11. Yes I, yes, actually I did. Um, funny thing about that is it was on my birthday that John Jones fought uh, Rampage Jackson. I could have had the day off, but it was like 2.30 in the morning when that fight was going on. We just got off mission for like 19 hours. I was like, I'm watching this fucking fight. So I had a little argument because there's, I don't, I think there's a baseball or hockey or some shit going on at that time too. But there's two EAs watching it. And here I am. I'm a dumbass E4, so they're not going to listen to me. So I was trying to count them in to let me watch the fight. So finally I got them to let me watch the main event. And yeah, it was pretty slick. I loved it. Ah, uh, dude. I, you know what I watched uh, in, in my 08 deployment? I watched Fedor Melianenko knock out Andre Arlovsky in the corner at the Affliction Show on AFN at like 4.30 in the morning. Um, I'll always remember that. And then like this, my last deployment, Mike Hunnell was deployed with me. And um, I was staying like the E7s and above an officer stayed in a different area. And then all the E6s and below stayed in another area. I would go up to the where the E6s and below were staying and me and Mike would watch it on his TV at like three o'clock in the morning with all the lights out. Cause it's open Bay. And I, we didn't miss, we didn't miss one. I don't think we watched every single pay-per-view for the entire deployment free on AFN. So shout out to UFC for putting that shit on fucking AFN for us. Hey, speaking of that, um, one thing I've always wondered, and you mentioned the UFC pay-per-views is I haven't seen a UFC fight for the, for a long time. I don't know when the last time is I've seen one of those. Do you, do you think they'll ever bring those back or there's a reason why they don't have those? You know what? I would have to look up in the last time. Uh, in the comments there, Larry Davis says he watched the entire whole season of Pornhub and he's waiting for the second season to come out on his last appointment. I'm pretty sure he's talking about it. It's like the whole season. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, as far as with the uh, fights for fight for the troops, is that what you're saying? Yeah, like they had them. Like they had sometimes they had them on some of the bases. I think Tim Kennedy yeah. fought on a couple of the shows on one of the bases. You know, I haven't I seen those for quite some time, and I think that'd be cool. I don't know when the last time they did that. I'd have to look that up. But they used to do it at like McGuire Air for uh, McGuire Air Base, and they did it at Fort Bragg. They did it at Fort Car uh, was it? Did they do it at Fort Carson, Fort Hood? They they did it at a bunch of them. You're right, and I think they even might have did it on like an aircraft carrier or some shit like that. Maybe, maybe uh, David Feldman of the BKFs would try one on one of the uh, bases. Be nice. You know what? Maybe uh, if the UFC's done with that shit, maybe maybe if uh, maybe I can talk to this to the right people and we can hook something up. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I know people like that, but I can try. <laughs> um. Anyways, so for anybody that is a MMA enthusiast, uh, you should go over and check out the page that Brandon is a part of. I am a follower of their page. They are a supporter of mine. All combat sports. Correct. That is the spot to go for all things UFC, Bellator, PFL, whatever you want to. It's mostly MMA, right? Do you guys, do you guys cover bare knuckle at all? Yeah, there's some things I get posted in bare knuckle. The one that gets posted in there the most is uh, Misfit, um, Christine. Me and Joe, uh, 
another member of the group, or big players. Um, so her stuff gets shared a lot. Um, but for the most part, it's more MMA than anything. Um, there's a few kickboxing things that get shared here and there, but more MMA between the UFC one and the course Bellator now. Uh, so. And you're, uh, are you training now? You said you were, uh, you were training, you're back training and you, uh, you got a buddy yeah, that I'm going to um, try to... God. Uh, you're talking about uh, Ashton. Um, he's fighting June 4th. His opponent actually just changed. Um, but still, the guy that he's fighting now still fights the same way. So it's just a different name, but pretty much same style of fighting. Um, don't ask me to pronounce his last name because it's Sicilian, and I'm not going to slaughter it if he's watching now. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm looking uh, at it right now. I don't think I'm going to try it um, either. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to try to pronounce it. But, no, I, I trained – I actually fought um, in KDK in 2019, um, and I haven't trained for a long time before that. I was pretty much sitting on the couch not doing a whole um, – did CrossFit a little bit before, but got super lazy. Well, they offered me a tough fight. I took it. I jumped at the chance. Well, I went to Mid-American Martial Arts, pretty phenomenal place. Um you're familiar with Drew Dober. Drew Dober got a start there. Um, also, oh, okay. that's where Anthony Smith got a start, both at the same spot. They're phenomenal at kickboxing. Um, so mm -hmm. that's where I went. I do Muay Thai there now. Um, don't really want to get punched in the face again, but it's an awesome workout. It's something different every day, throwing kicks, punches, um, all that. But I met Ashton there when I went back and won this fight on the fourth. And I think he's going to dominate. Um, I think he's going to dominate pretty well i watched him he's fast he's quick um will he be in the ufc today maybe um i can't say for sure because i haven't actually seen him fight in person but i think he's really good i think he's got a lot of potential that's awesome man he's you know, he's a small guy i mean uh he's a bantamweight is that is that what i am i right he's a yep, bantamweight 35 yeah, bantamweight and uh i mean you don't have to say his last name but his nickname is no chance Ashton, no chance. Sigalia, Shanga. Oh, yeah, I'll leave it alone. Yeah, um, it's Sicilian. Um, so I was trying to pronounce it, but I asked him about that nickname, and he just laughed. He never told me. Um, so I thought it was kind of a weird nickname. It's like, are you saying your opponent has no chance, or are you saying you have no chance? <laughs> it is kind of weird. But he just laughed at me when I asked him. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so what did you think before we, uh, I'm going to do a speed round with you before I let you get out of here, but be, what did you think about UFC 262 and, uh, what was the most lasting impression that it had on you? Was it the Charles Oliveira victory or was it the Tony Ferguson, you know, demise? Like what, what was the lasting impression that you got from UFC 262? I'm going to say it's probably going to be Charles only because if me if charles was going to win that fight it was going to be by decision tiring out uh um chandler or by submission i did not see him knocking chandler out i did not see that coming um i seen a submission but not a knockout so when he did that i was like what the fuck like my eyes like that I, I was shocked that was probably the most lasting impression um mainly because too he's what eight no now now he's nine and no and I think it's the same thing. That right there, another reason why I love that moment is I know there's some Chandler fans that are watching this. 
But Charles Oliveira was treated like Amanda Nunez was when she fought Ron Rousey. He yeah. virtually had no marketing behind him. Chandler had everything like Ronda did. And Charles said, fuck you to Dane on Rude's plans pretty much. So that was awesome. So there's Ashton right there. Yeah, it's cool, man. Thanks for tuning in, Ashton. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, we'll, we'll move on from two, 262. Let's go to last last week. Someone who is sort of treated the same way you're saying about um, Charles Oliveira is Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza has kind of been like written off as like uh, a former champion that nobody ever remembers even was a champion. And she is sneaky, like really fucking people up now. She's on a five fight win streak and she's just like demolishing girls now. Uh, what did you think of Cookie Monster's performance the other night? And uh, do you think that she's up next for a title shot against Rose? Or do you think they run back the Wei Lee, Carla versus Joanna? She actually surprised me. Um, I was telling you, I was one of them that wrote her off. I wasn't a big fan of her fighting style for the most part, but she came out and dominated that way. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, maybe she is ready. To say she should be next, the top three officers and JJ and Carla. Carla's beat Rose for the title, inaugural title. So she obviously would be another choice because to me, I don't think JJ should have a battle right now because she's already lost two of them to Rose. So she's not at the back of the line because she's a beast, but she shouldn't be next. Right. Zang, I think it would have a rematch if that fight went out of the first round, but she quite literally got her head kicked off her fucking body. Right. I mean, that's what happened. She went night-night. So I don't think she has has a case for a rematch. I'd like to see JJ and Zang co-main event why you have Carla against uh, Rose for the title. I think that'd be phenomenal. The winner gets to fight. the champion. Dude, that's a perfect call. Perfect call for sure. Car that, and, and to put that as the, the main in the co-main on a pay-per-view would be phenomenal. I don't know. Like I could be full of shit, but has there ever been a, 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 a main and co-main all women? I don't know. I mean, there probably has at this point, there probably has, but that would be amazing. And that would cover the UFC. If like one, one of the two in the main event were to like miss weight or get hurt or something like that, you just throw the one of the other two in and save the event anyway. So I personally think that Carla absolutely deserves the, the, uh, the title shot. She's worked her ass off to get back into that title title picture and, after that performance the other night, it was like she was, it was like she was out to prove a point and fucking put a stamp on herself in the in the division. Like, boom, motherfucker, give me my shit. So, I agree with you. I think it was awesome. Right, and uh, last thing before well, I'm going to do a speed round with you for because we definitely got to do that. But um, Cody Garbrandt, man, like I I don't know why people see. I do not get people on the internet um immediately get into the you know to the uh cody's it's it's amazing they went right to cody's done you know cody's washed i don't fucking understand that cody did not look good he got his ass whooped uh rob font looked phenomenal rob font could have the some of the best boxing in in mma coming out of um new england cartel those guys can box up there that the Max oh. Holloway, he'll have a problem with that one. 
Right. Yeah. Well, those guys can box anyone until they box Max Holloway. Well, you're right. Um, but was it, it? It's almost like they take away from Rob Font by saying Cody's done, and that pisses me off. What did you think about that main event the other night? Um, how impressed were you with Rob Font, and how unimpressed were you with Cody Garbrandt? I was very Rob. Um, I thought Rob was going to win anyway. In fact, I think I picked him on Tapology to win. Um, but <clears throat> I thought it was great because he kept his composure. <clears throat> I think if he would have gotten a slugging match with uh, Cody, I think he would have got beat. I think Cody would have dropped him. If it would have been a brawl, I think Cody would have dropped him. Um, but the fact that he kept his composure, stayed behind his jab, I thought was awesome. He impressed me 100%. Cody, um, I wasn't really disappointed just because he lost his what, last three out of his last four. Um, three of those he actually got demolished. I would honestly like to see the Cody that fought Dominic. I don't know what the difference is. is it's just he's in his emotions or what, but the Cody that fought Dominic, I thought was unbeatable. Um, I'd like to see that Cody again, but also to be honest with you, had a really sour taste for Cody after he was on the Ultimate Fighter as a coach. Um, where's TJ? I don't know what it was. It might have been the editing of the show, but it really pissed me off. Came across as a douchebag on that show, so I kind of hated him ever since. But um, <laughs> I really like to see the Cody of old come back because it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that could be the magic of TV. I don't know. They, you know how they do it. The the editing on that show is perfect. They got to make an enemy. They got to make a. They got to make a hero and an enemy in that show. Um, but but Cody, you know what Cody proved? Um, he does have a chin. Cody has a chin, and they thought that he after he got knocked out three times in a row, um, that his chin was compromised. But he took some shots in the Rafael Sansal fight. And then in this fight against Rob Font, he took a he took a plethora of shots to the chin and never went down. So everybody can stop questioning Cody Garbrandt's chin. It's the it's the footwork. He he didn't have the same footwork that he had against Dominic Cruz. He didn't he didn't seem to have the confidence that he had against Dominic Cruz. Um it just like and I and I don't know, he he had a bad bout with uh COVID. So it could have been a COVID related fucking thing. I don't know. I might be making excuses for him now, but you know, you know, we'll just give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say that Cody Garbrandt's not washed like people on the internet want to say, and uh he should be back. Give him like give him somebody halfway decent and let him play. Let him let him get his fucking feet back under him. Susan says he needs a sports um, I think Susan hit the nail on the head right there. There you go. Oh, yeah. I, I think that worked wonders for him because remember when Cerrone did I don't know what for one, and then he went to see a sports psychologist, and that's when he went on that nasty uh, run. Um, I want to say it was like four or five years ago. I can't remember, but it was something like that. So I think that actually probably worked out in Cody's favor. And to be honest with you, I think Cody should move the fuck out of California and go somewhere else besides Team Alpha Male. Um, because when Robbie Lawler switched to go from military fighting systems pretty much down to Florida, yeah, look what it did to his career. He had an animal run. Where he won yeah, he USC basically hit the title. So, yeah, so I, I think if Cody did that, like, hey, maybe go out there where Gagey's at, maybe freaking go to AKA, 
if he's going to stay in California, but switch up camps, nothing against Team Alpha. I mean, all those little fuckers would kick my ass anyway, but still, right. I think switching up camps would be faster. Well, he did, supposedly he did like a split camp this time with Mark Henry and Frankie Edgar and those guys out in Jersey. So like he was going from alpha male to, uh, to train and then out to the East coast to train with, uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry was actually there in his corner. Um, but like you said, he wasn't full-time there, maybe just a new scene and, and, and like a reset would be something for him. Joe Ivy says him and Tony, Tony Ferguson can go halvesies on a sports psychologist. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brandon Quigley, and this is the kind of knowledge that you get from uh, somebody over at All Combat Sports, man. This is where you, this is why you guys are awesome. That it's one of the best MMA pages out there on Facebook. Uh, everybody should go follow All Combat Sports and um, you know be a part of that group for for some really awesome MMA content. Good people like uh, yourself and Joe Ivy and Susan Walker, all those guys, you fucking kill it. Uh, with that said, why don't we do a speed round with the man, Brandon Quigley, U S army veteran himself. What do you say? I got some good ones for you. I'm all for it, man. All right. Speed round, Brandon Quigley. Here we go. Number one, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? My last meal. Yeah. Biscuits and gravy. Over hash browns with four eggs over easy on top, and an order of white toast and two Mountain Dews. <laughs> Dude, I feel like you've thought about your death row last meal. You, that was way too, <laughs> way too specific. I fucking love it. I watched. Uh, we watched a lot of different, uh, like Netflix series and things. We watched Dexter. Well, Dexter, as I don't watch the series of Dexter, he talks about what his last meal would be. So I've always thought that. And that's good. <laughs> gravy is my favorite. So it's got to be my last meal. That was phenomenal. That was a great answer. What is the last thing that you did for the first time? Does that make sense? Well, I'm kind of an idiot. I went to a high school that's in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. So. Doesn't make no sense to me. Um, last thing I did for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go skydiving for the first time? Did you uh, did you streak naked across a football Bro, field for the first time? What was the what was the last thing that you did for the first I weigh time? Over 300, I weigh over three hundred. I weigh over three hundred. No reason let me go fucking skydiving. I gotta lose a lot of weight before I can go skydiving, but um. I bought my first firearm last year. Um, I've been a fan of oh. guns for a long time, obviously through the military, but um, I got my first gun last year. Um, so that was the last thing I did for the first time. Joe Ivy says you butt dialed her for the first time last night. Yes, that was fucking weird. I don't know how that happened. That was really <laughs> weird. All right, dude. Number three, if you could have dinner with, any three people from MMA history, who would you be sitting down to eat dinner with? Three people from MMA. Pat Miletic, Randy Couture, and Donald Strong. Nice. That's a fucking great, great, great conversation. I was thinking, I thought you were going to go with Chael Sonnen as the third guy with Miletic and uh, Randy. 
No, Chael actually he grinds my fucking nerves sometimes, but um, he cracks <laughs> me up. The reason why we go with Pat is that's the reason why I started watching MMA. I was like 14 years old, 13 years old, and I took karate lessons um, at Nick Tarpins in Bettendorf, Iowa. Lo and behold, fucking Pat instructor that I signed up with. No, no idea that this dude was actually fighting in John O'Donnell Stadium in what they call Brawl at the Ballpark. So yeah. that was in like 1998, and I watched that, and I've been a fan ever since. Um, and then Randy, because if you don't like Randy Couture and you're an American, then and you're a fucking terrorist in my opinion. So you got to love Randy. Randy's a beast. And then Donald, um, we follow, me and my wife followed Donald's career, Donald Strong's career ever since the app I was shooting. Because uh, I think it was a mass show. It was yeah, 2009, 2010. I followed Donald since then. Um, I just love the dude. I love watching him fight. He's a beast. Yeah, and he seems like he has a good time everywhere he goes. So there you go. Number four. What do you do with your shopping cart when you're done with it at the grocery store? No, you got to put it right back. You can't leave it out. There you go. You got to put it back in the stalls. You don't want the cart narcs coming up on you. Whoop, scoo, scoo, whoop, whoop. <laughs> well, there's that, and it's really fucked up because I'll be pissed. Like, I drive a, a 2008 Pacifica, so I mean, it's got dents in it already, but I'd be pissed if I was driving a nice ass car and you dented my car because you're fucking lazy and couldn't put your car back. I love it, dude. I'm only lazy people don't put their car back. In. There's yep. no other reason for it. <laughs> Unless you're in a wheelchair, you have no fucking reason not to put your car back in the fucking stall. Oh, I love it, dude. I feel the same exact way. You, you go and get enraged in the parking lot. I went to go pull in a parking spot yesterday, and I went to pull in, and it was an open spot. And I'm like, nice. I got a big, I got a Dodge Ram. So, you know, it's a nice uh, wide spot. I go to pull in between these two cars, and there's a fucking cart right in the middle of the parking, parking spot. Like, you motherfucker, man. Now I got to get out and move it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Number five. What is something that uh, people wouldn't believe about you? Um, oh, no. Um, damn. You... Oh. You can crochet. Fuck no, I can't crochet. Um, <laughs> fuck no. I can burn a boiling pot of water. How do you burn a boiling pot of water? <laughs> How do you burn water? Oh, I'm a horrible fucking cook. The only thing I can do... Yeah, the only thing I can do is grill steak, and that is it. If it's anything besides grilling a steak, I absolutely fucking suck at that. Like... Uh, I suck at anything. It's like if, if it's if it's anything besides steak, my wife won't eat it. If I'm grilling steak or grilling burgers, eat it. If I cook any eggs or anything else, she'll say no thanks. She'll refuse to eat anything that I cook that's not a grilled steak or a grilled burger. All right, number six. If I was to give you one million dollars today, how would you spend it? I'd buy land. Um, me and my wife want to travel quite a bit, but I'd buy land um, and I'd buy an RV because I don't know where we want that land to be. So we'd buy an RV, travel around either Montana or uh, Arkansas is where we'd probably land at. There you go. This guy's got quick, 
smart answers for a lot of these things. Would you would you rather travel to the past or to the future? Fuck, dude. Given what we went through in 2020, I don't know if I want to travel to the future. That's fucking scary. Man. Um, so I'm gonna say I'll travel to the past. Just travel to the past and like hit up every sports event you could possibly find. I'd yeah, go see that the re- and before that, like back in the uh, the gladiator days. That? You'd go back to like the gladiator days. Go to a Roman Coliseum. No, because I'd get my ass kicked. That'd be awesome to see. <laughs> but I'd be the dumbass that'd run my mouth, and then I'd get my fucking ass kicked. <laughs> All right. If you could eliminate one species from the planet Earth, which one are you choosing to to fucking cancel? One species from planet Earth? Yeah. I think I lost you, dude. No, hear me? Uh, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. What's up? <laughs> What'd you say? Which one are you eliminating? Awesome, awesome. No. What would I eliminate? Well, even though I'd almost say fucking humans, because we're a pretty shitty species, dude. We tore this fucking planet apart, so... I'd have to say, even though I'm human, I'd almost say eliminate humans because it's like, man, dude, animals are just fine until we fucking came along and fucked shit up. <laughs> I, I thought, like, I was going with, like, mosquitoes or, or f- horse flies or something like that. You're killing all the humans. I love oh, it. if we're going that route, I'm going to have to say spiders, man. Spiders scare the fucking shit out of me because they can crawl from any which direction. Yeah, dude. Fuck spiders. You know what? That's your answer to number five. What was something that people wouldn't believe about you? You're terrified of spiders. See? that We we worked our way through this. <laughs> number nine, Brandon. What was the last TV series that you binge-watched straight through? That's my son. He's just seen behind me. Um... I think the last thing that we binge watched was Ozark. Ozark, phenomenal, phenomenal show. And last but not least, yeah, I was expecting. It. Oh, go ahead. No, I was expecting like we watched all the uh, a lot of the series because I thought Ozark was starting again soon. I thought it was gonna be starting like June or something like that. So we like to rewatch the entire series again before mm-hmm. the next one comes out. Just a catch on it. I don't think Ozark's coming out this quite yet. I don't think it's coming out until the fall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a great one for anybody that hasn't watched Ozark on Netflix. Get on there and watch it. It's phenomenal. And the last question I got for you, sir, I'm really curious to hear your answer on this. What is your all-time favorite knockout? Oh, boy. Um, all-time favorite knockout. Tell you what, I hate Conor McGregor, so I thought it was pretty fucking sweet when that warrior pieced his ass up. I thought that was that's way up there, but if it wasn't that one I'm gonna have to say a man who's beating the ever living dog shit out of cyborg is probably my favorite. 
Um, because really? I I ruled Amanda out in that fight. I said there's no way that I thought Amanda was gonna do that. Because Cyborg to me was like untouchable. Like I thought nobody was gonna be able to touch that whatsoever. Amanda comes in and four and a half in like forty eight fucking seconds was like holy shit. So that was probably my favorite knockout. Outstanding. You know, my favorite of all time was just mentioned by Susan Walker in the comments. Dan Henderson knocking out Michael Bisping. Air Hendo. He 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 had him knocked out before he even did the air hendo. He knocked him out. Bisping landed on his back, and then Henderson dropped the H bomb on him, dude. Just put him to death. And then my other one would be Holly Holm kicking the head off of uh, Ronda Rousey in uh, Australia. That was fucking amazing. Those are my two probably favorites. That fight actually pissed me off. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm not a fan by any means, but I would have normally got it, but any fight we ever got with Ronda prior to that, she beat the shit out of him in like two minutes. So I was like, I'm not going to go spend my money just to watch Ronda demolish Holly because to tell you the truth, Holly did that shot when she got it because I thought she looked like shit in her first two fights. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is just going to be another dominating win for Ronda. All of a sudden, freaking, we didn't watch it. My <laughs> wife was scrolling through and she pulls it up and she's like, hey, look what just fucking happened. It was like, dude, God damn it, dude. She kicked her right in the fucking face. I wish I would have watched that event, but unfortunately I did. Uh, I can't believe you didn't watch it, dude. That was fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, that was that was probably my second favorite. The, the air hendo over Mike Bisping was great. And, and you know what's funny? I also really talk about Mike Bisping. I really enjoyed watching Michael Bisping knock out Luke Rockhold to win the title because although when when Hendo knocked out Bisping, I really hated Bisping at the time. He had grown, I had grown to love him over the years. I, I really liked the count. And uh, when he got a shot at Luke Rockhold and uh, just wasted his ass, it was fucking great. I love that one too. So anyways, my man, um, let's call it a night. You want to shout out anything you, you want? This is your time. Go ahead. Shout out your page. Shout out your, uh, your, you know. Your social media, whatever. Uh, the only social media I have is Facebook, but I'd say, uh, like you said, shout out to All Combat Sports. Um, shout out to Ashton if he's still watching um, on his fight. He's fighting next Friday on June 4th. Um, that's the same night. Uh, I think there's another show the next night, too, at the same location. Um, but we're going to go watch him. Um, other than that, I, I don't know if there's any other really shout-outs besides you guys, too. Actually, no. Uh, big shout-out to Crystal Pittman, who I hear has got a fight coming up in Bare Knuckle that her opponent got announced. I'm excited for that one. Then Christine's uh, Misfits got a date, July 26, I think is what she said, but still waiting on opponent. So shout-out to her. Hopefully it's uh, who she needs if she can get her I actually think it's the 23rd. I think it's July 23rd. And I believe they have an opponent, but it's not announced yet. Same with Crystal Pittman. As a matter of fact, everybody tune in tomorrow night when Crystal's on the Mike and Miss show because she will be revealing who her opponent is on June 26th. So we will get that tomorrow night. You get that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, my man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I look forward to seeing you back on uh, Ben Field's show uh, against the cage at some point. I don't know when you're going to be back on there, but uh, enjoy that. And um, we'll stay in touch, right? Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, All right. Take it easy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around. That was my veteran guest, Brandon Quigley. We had Nadja Miliancevic and Misha Blachulov. Um, really great people. Really awesome. Uh, really awesome show tonight. Um, pay attention because the Serbian princess, Nadja Miliancevic, will be making her debut June 26th for BKFC in Miami at the Hard Rock at BKFC 18. Uh, opponent to be announced later. Um, according to her, it doesn't really matter who she's ready for anyone. And I think she's, she's serious about that. And big shout out to Brandon, uh, Brandon Quigley for coming on. Uh, with that said, tune in tomorrow night, 9 PM. The Mike and miss show will have crystal Pittman who will be announcing her opponent with us tomorrow night, followed by the juggernaut Lorenzo Hunt, everybody's favorite, BKFC fucking killer. Lorenzo will be back tomorrow night. And um, looks like we got this preview right here. Crystal Pittman, everybody tune in tomorrow night. Love you. Thank you for tuning in. See ya. Peace. <laughs>